Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Steve Jodorant. Joining me today, as always, is Jake Watoba and Amaka Fai. On today's episode, it is an interview special. We speak with Gary Green, the owner and CEO of USL League One expansion side Union Omaha. We talk about the transition from baseball to soccer, all about that fantastic crest and the direction of the club. Now, listeners, if you haven't done so, check out our episode on the state of the U.S. men's national team. That got published yesterday. Also, hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and follow us at Pod. And lastly, be on the lookout for our MLS Cup preview. Now, let's get to it. Joining us now on the show is owner and CEO of USL League One expansion side, Union Omaha. It's Gary Green. Gary is also the owner and CEO of the AAA Omaha Storm Chasers and is principal owner of baseball publication, Baseball America. You can follow Gary on Twitter at Union Chasers CEO. Gary, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. Great to be on with you guys, and uh, and I appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. And Gary, you obviously, uh, as Jake mentioned, have a background in baseball. You oversee Baseball America, the Storm Chasers, but you're also involved with A Richmond Flying Squirrels and Montgomery Biscuits. So why pivot to soccer? Yeah, that's a great question. I guess you know we can. I can tell you how we got there. We we uh, USL approached us probably three years ago and uh, we weren't looking at soccer and we were focused on the Omaha storm chasers and AAA baseball and representing the Kansas city Royals in our marketplace. And we said, you know, somebody's going to do this and somebody's going to compete against us. So we should understand what they're doing and what their business model is and their business plan. And, and, you know, just so, and the best way to do that was by, by, by looking at the investment. Well, as we started to look at it, we realized more and more what a great, what a great sport and how popular soccer was in Omaha. And we got a sense of the soccer culture in Omaha and it took a few years to go through it. And uh, we looked at championship league and then uh, league one came up uh, and we decided that that was the way for us to go. And, and really it just started out of that of a project looking to see what our competition would be. And it turned into uh, turned into something great. 
Gary, I want to ask you why why specifically League One instead of Championship? Were there any factors that kind of help you determine that decision or make it easier? Well, yeah, absolutely. When we started looking at Championship, um, you know, well, Warner Park is our is our home park, and that's where that's the building we know and love, and and um, and you know, we um, Championship League could have been played there initially when we looked at it, but when we started to look at the different. Ex- economics of league one versus championship league and the payrolls and the overall you know the cost of running it and we're having games in a um in a uh, in a baseball stadium that's being retrofitted for soccer and there's limited seating there you, you need you need to have a certain you know, economic kind of package with, with, with um, a number of of seats in attendance to really support those bigger costs mm-hmm. so we feel we feel for where we are right now, um, League One is, is perfect for us. Gary, what about Omaha makes you believe that soccer will work there? We've had a, a couple different owners on within USL. And we've asked them this question uh, before, but we want to get your take on why soccer will work in the city of Omaha. Okay. Well, you know, one of the reasons I started looking at this was uh, Peter Wilt wrote an article in Howler Magazine a few years ago how – Omaha could be soccer's next Kansas City. I mean, next uh, Cincinnati. Excuse me. And um, and you know, it, it, it was interesting. Um, and you know, Peter Peter's a friend now, and he was actually just in Omaha this weekend helping us out. Um, but uh, I, I, the so many people play soccer in Omaha, and and, and the more I'm around it, and, and the more I see it. And uh, our coach uh, Jay Mims, who um, uh, started the UNO program and was at Creighton as well. Um, it has got me really excited about the Omaha soccer community as well. There's just so many kids playing, and there's so many there, there's so many kids who are going to Kansas City to play when they really should be playing in Omaha. And um, and the and it, the, the Creighton games and the UNO games and and it, it's just it's it's a city hungry for soccer. On top of that. It, it's a city with with uh, you know rich diversity with uh, the Latino population. There, there's um, you know we, we have our, our share of millennials and we have uh, one of our local investors, Dan Houghton, um, owns a firm called Builder Trends, which employs 600 millennials and it's the number one place to work in Omaha. And and you know everybody feels really strongly that there needs to be this kind of uh, community place for people to meet and and it just seems like soccer is the lightning rod for that and the more and more we get into it and the more more and more people we speak to um they they, it's like there's these different siloed communities within one big community and and soccer seems to be the sport that kind of brings everybody together so besides it being played so much it just it just feels like it's a sport that brings everybody together, you know, socially and as a community. We spoke with a Las Vegas Lights owner, Brent Lashbrook, earlier this year, and he talked about doing things that would be considered uh, unorthodox within the landscape of U.S. soccer in terms of marketing. Now, we, we see that more in minor league baseball. And given your background, can we expect to see some of those things with Union Omaha? That's a great question, um, you know, because one of the things that we feel very strongly about and we feel very strongly about projecting is, you know, we, we don't want to be seen as minor league baseball guys who are just trying to fill a building with soccer. Um, we we want to be seen as authentic 
uh, soccer owners. And so, you know, we don't want to slip into the minor league baseball um, behavior and patterns because the fans are very different. So I agree with Brett that, you know, there should always be kind of outside the box thinking as far as marketing, but you know, he probably, he probably doesn't need to walk a fine line with that. Whereas we do, because we're known as minor league baseball guys in the, in the community. And we want to have an authentic uh, experience for soccer fans and not treat soccer like it's minor league baseball, which is, you know, one of the reasons why I've traveled around the country over the past four or five months, just visiting different MLS stadiums and, and USL stadiums and speaking with ownerships and management team, because um, there's a, there's a big difference between and nuances between the way these things are run. And, um, and you can, you can't, you can't come off to um, the soccer community, like a, like a baseball guy trying to fill the stadium. It's the last thing we want to do. So while I agree with Brett, um, we're going to walk a fine line on that. So let me ask you about your baseball background. If I had said 20, 25 years ago that soccer would be this new and upcoming thing and have multiple leagues, what would you have said to me? You know, I probably wouldn't have been you – know, to me, when you invest in a team – you're only you're only as good as the league you're in, and I've never felt comfortable with investing in anything. And I've been approached on everything, where uh, it wasn't this kind of affiliated system where the major major leagues were supporting. And you know, but besides you know minor league baseball having that, where it's 160 teams and it's like a game of musical chairs, but each team had a chair. Um, you know, we had looked at the D League before. It was the G League? And, you know, to own a team there with an affiliation to an NBA team. And I was very comfortable with that. Um, we got approached by the NASL about, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight years ago, five, I forget how many years ago. And, and we studied it a little bit and we saw there were all these different competing leagues with the USL being one of them. And, um, and, you know, if you have a great, great team and a great market and the rest of the teams around you aren't run properly, then, you're not going to have a viable entity, no matter how good a job you do. So um, when the USL came around and we saw, you know, we saw there were some affiliations and, and we, we, we thought about that and we spoke with um, a couple teams. And then when the, um, and then when league one came along and we saw how strong championship league was, and we saw it was kind of a loose affiliation with MLS, not fully. Um, we started to get comfortable because of the strength of the USL and going down to their headquarters and seeing what they've done there. You know, I, I feel, even though we're independent with no affiliation, um, I feel very comfortable with the strength of the league that even if there are some teams that don't do well or maybe, you know, don't exist because they, they, didn't, they didn't do well financially, the strength of the league is, um, is you, you, can't, you can't really deny the strength of the league. And they're, they're very sophisticated sophisticated with the way they do things and um it's it's a great league to be part of whether it's championship or league one touching base you know back on with the the team the team itself how did you guys come up with the name union omaha because i mean it's, i think it's a, it, it has european you know kind of uh style you know that with the union part but i mean it, it's a it's a little unique as well yeah, that was a tough one. I mean, you know, it, it seems like a very exciting project to be able to name and brand your own team. And, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who, who likes to build 
by consensus, and it was just impossible. Well, you, you want a democracy, and you want everybody's <laughs> point of view, but you kind of don't because you know you know what you want to begin with. So, uh, so really, what we were what we were going for, I wanted to have a name and a brand that connected on as many different levels as possible with Omaha. So, um, you know, we use Matthew Wolf, who who did the uh, the LAFC branding, and you know, no denying that that's that was a success, and I. I never met Matthew. I just saw his stuff on online, um, and I just I loved his style and I loved everything he did. So, so that was the first step. And then you know we we surveyed hundreds of soccer fans in Omaha, and um, we not just surveyed them about soccer, but we surveyed them about you know what does Omaha mean to you, and and what you know what stands out. And there were so many different answers that that were out there, and some of the top ones were not transferable to soccer. So people from Omaha are very proud of the zoo there. It's the second largest zoo in the country behind San Diego. And, you know, we looked at the dome of the zoo. It's very, it, there's a dome that's very, um, it's the largest, I think it's the largest collection, indoor collection of mammals in the country, or ch- check the facts on that, something like that. So anyway, um, you know, we looked at the dome and, the, and, you know, the dome really didn't fit. And then we looked at the meadowlark because that's the bird of Nebraska. And that, that kind of didn't look tough enough. So um, there were so many different things we looked at. And, and, um, but union, you know, union, we, we weren't going to be united because that's overused and I don't think anybody would have liked that. But we did, <laughs> we, we did want to have a, commu- a, a community united. And then, and we played with that for a while and we realized Union Pacific, which headquartered in Omaha and, and originated in Omaha. Um, and wouldn't that be great if we could use the word union with a nod to probably the most important company in, in Omaha's history. And so we didn't want to be confused with the Philadelphia Union. So we went, we went, we, we flipped it and went Union Omaha. So that's, that's how we came up with, with the name. Um, there were some other ones, but um, but that was really that was really the one that was kind of stood out. Well, I was gonna say I, I think I think you guys nailed the name because I think Union Omaha sounds so much better oh, than the Philadelphia yeah, Union. Uh, it has that it has that <laughs> it has that European flair, but it's different enough. Like you don't see it in U.S. soccer, if you will, that it uh, it's unique. Well, it's but not what even I want to ask you. And I, I was gonna say, Jake, it's not even that European in the sense that maybe like a couple of teams have it, right? So it's not like the United that everyone's familiar with. Yeah, right. That was cool. I went online. I went online and, uh, you know, just to fool around with some soccer names with Union and see. And Union Berlin, um, I saw mm-hmm. that they are like very forward, fan-friendly with what they do. And I, I was so impressed in reading this great story about them, how they uh, – during the World Cup, they let their fans bring their couches to the field, and they watched on a large <laughs> screen from the World Cup from the field. And wow. I was like, I, I I like the name even more after I read that. <laughs> you got to bring in now Union Berlin and play them in the friendly in Omaha. I know, the next right? natural Absolutely. step to do. Absolutely, <laughs> I thought of that. <laughs> awesome. Well, Gary, on top of nailing and the then, name, I think the three of us are all in agreement that you also nailed the the crest or the logo, if you will. Uh, how did that come to be? 
Well, we, we looked at a, at a bunch of different ones. And again, I wanted to have a brand that, um, that we could point to as many things about Omaha as possible. So, and, and many things about, about, um, the sport. Um, so, so besides having, um, besides having union Omaha, um, we, we didn't, we weren't going out saying, well, everybody has a bird, so let's do a bird. But, uh, and Matthew Wolf came up with it. The great horned owl is a vicious bird. It's, a, it's a, it, it hunts at night. It, it rips its prey apart. It's actually the only owl ever to kill a human being, which I found out after. <laughs> so, and they're, yeah, they're, they're very prevalent in Nebraska. I'm actually, um, I'm actually, the, there's a woman there who's got a great horned owl um, that I'm going to meet in a couple weeks who wants to have the owl at the, at all of our events and at, and at the games, which is pretty cool. Um, it's not the type of owl that you kind of, you know, let fly around and <laughs> not for that, but, um, but, uh, but the great horned owl is, is just, um, it's, it just hunts at night. It hunts its prey at night and it, it's really stealth and vicious. And we like that connection to the team um the uh the three stars uh um people place and purpose um you know kind of I, I guess it, it, you can read into it it looks a little bit like the mls logo that way but it's different different tradition different meaning um but you know we, we just we think omaha is such a great place and and the people there are, are so great and and just so so um What's the right word? It's just just a straight up. There's no there's there's zero BS factor there, which I love. Um, and uh, and the shield is the U.S. Soccer Shield with a nod to the 2026 World Cup. So um, yeah, so so we just we tried to have as many things as possible, and you know we, we thought about something with more with Union Pacific, and you know maybe to do with trains, and we went against that. So so really we wanted this to have kind of that that edginess we went with black and white because it felt edgy whenever we went to colors that we were looking at it was always like oh blue's great but people have too much crate and blue in their closet oh red's great but they have too much you know husker you know uh, um, gear in their closet and then you go with other you go with other colors and they're like well that's their competitor and you don't want to have the you know the competitor of these different teams so it, it just felt like there was no color that was going to make sense and then at the end of the day, we wanted to be edgy, and we felt black and white was edgy with the uh, with the uh, yellow eyes. That that's awesome. I mean, we I just I think it's a lot of a lot of fun. It it, it definitely rocked our group chat the moment it popped up on our Twitter timeline. Like, ooh, this this looks good. And it sounds like you yeah, have. No, thank you. Yeah, you, it sounds like you have a plan with the team. So, what, what are you guys doing currently on on building towards the the grand opening? Oh, uh, sure. And one thing I forgot to tell you is that the uh, not very minor league baseball like either. The logo, the brand mm-hmm. is very you know some of the minor league baseball folks with the colors and everything. It, we we had trouble getting buy in there. So it was interesting. It's interesting. So anyway, what what we are doing? Well, we have six months till opening day, and we have five months till our first game, but six months till our opening game. And you know, we're having uh, player tryouts. Uh, Coach Mims has been scouting um, for a few months now, so uh, he's coming up with uh, with a game plan on that. And and really, what what we're trying to do is we're we're trying to uh, 
um, you know, place people in seats. We've, we've had uh, 1,700 uh, ticket deposits, so we're, we're placing those folks, and that number continues to grow. Um, we are we're scouring the market looking for – we're going to do a couple, couple of um, exhibition games next year. I, I believe they're going to be against Mexican teams. We have not locked them in yet. Um, and that, that, as I go through the community of Omaha and, and, and just meet with everybody, and especially in the Latino community, um, a, a game against a, a Mexican team in Omaha seems to be something that everybody wants. And, um, and just meeting with so many companies out there, and, and it's just it, it's very interesting. Everybody, everybody wants to reach the soccer moms, the millennials, and the Latinos. And so we're going out there and, uh, and getting it. And one thing we've learned is that if you want to reach the Latino community, you know, so many teams think, all right, we'll get a couple players and that'll, that'll do it. Mm-mm, that's not, that's not the way it works. You gotta, you gotta be out there. You gotta be in all the neighborhoods and, and you gotta be meeting people and, and making sure that every, everybody knows they have access and just, it, it's a deep dive and it's a, it's, you just got to dive in and meet as many people as possible. And, and that's really what I'm trying to do over the next six months is meet as many people in the soccer community as possible so that they see that this is going to be an authentic, transparent, and sincere um, experience. Now, Gary, you know, specifically with your, you know, we talked about, you know, you don't want to dip like that much into your minor league uh, baseball bag, bag of tricks, I guess, uh, for this team. But are, were there, are there any experiences, you know, from uh, minor league baseball that you hope to pull uh, from to help you with Union Omaha? Yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a great question. And, um, and I'm glad you brought that up. So, so I think that um, you, and this is what I tell people when they, they want to own any sports team. It's that if you, if you love a sport and it's not enough of a reason, you can't be good at owning a team. If you just love the sport, you love to watch the sport. You have to love the fans of the sport. And one thing I've learned as owner of the Storm Chasers and, and the Richmond Flying Squirrels and the Montgomery Biscuits is that um, an owner needs to come down out of his suite and needs to spend time with the fans. And the fans need to know him or her. And th- th- he needs to be transparent and he needs to be accessible. And whether that's in person, whether it's on social media, it's very, very important. And, and it just, you know, the, these fans want to be part of they want to be part of this team. And when you could say you have a relationship with the owner or the owner is, you know, messaging you on Twitter, um, it means a lot. And I didn't realize how much it meant until I got into this business. And, um, and, and so that would be my kind of take on it. I, I do this, I'm doing this because I love Omaha and I love the fans of Omaha. And now I love the soccer fans of Omaha, but to, to own a team because you love the sport in a city that you don't love, it, it's not a match. You got to love both. And if you don't love both, then it's really, it, it's, it's not going to feel right. And this feels right. Well, Gary, Union Omaha definitely sounds like a fun and exciting project. I know all three of us are, are looking forward to, uh, to see what's on the horizon for the club. But before we let you go, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, or uh, mention or plug away? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I would just wanted to say I've done this. I kind of did this quick study over the past six months. I, I've been watching baseball my whole life, and that was how I knew baseball. And 
you know, honestly, soccer is not something that I've watched a whole lot of. I was at the 94 World Cup when Italy played Spain in Foxborough. That was exciting. And I've been to some games here and there. But um, I understood that there's a, there's a real responsibility for owning a soccer team in a community. And I felt like in order to keep up with that responsibility, I needed to have a real steep learning curve to, uh, to learn the culture of the sport which I'm still learning and to learn the business of the sport. And when you meet with different teams and different managements and ownerships, some successful and some not so successful, you learn a lot. And I learned so much just traveling around and, and meeting with the fans and everything. And, and one thing that's really, really stuck out to me, um, especially in my last two trips to LAFC and, uh, and Phoenix rising is that you can sell all the seats in the world in the state in the stadium. If you do not have the supporters group pumping energy into that stadium, um, it's, it's just, it's not gonna, it's not gonna feel how it should feel. And, you know, LAFC, great facility, great team, great fans, but it's those fans at the end, that 3252 is unbelievable. And, the vibe for those games is different like any other vibe in American sports. And, and Phoenix Rising has, has that in a smaller capacity. Um, but again, you'd have people sitting on the sidelines fairly quiet, but, but the, um, the Phoenix Rising supporters group is just, they're, they're awesome. And, and I, we're working really hard in our supporters group and, and supporting them and helping them and, and, you know that that's one thing that um that i really feel strongly about that we really need to uh really need to come out with full force and have and i'm you know i'm excited about our supporters and they've come up with the name the omaha parliament because a group of owls is called a parliament pretty smart <laughs> they're gonna be they have some great stuff they have some great stuff and i'm i'm, ex- I'm really excited about it wow well we're excited to see the project gary thank you so much for taking the time and speak with us Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorists Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Buckle up, because Metro is bringing you the best deal in wireless. Switch to Metro and get your choice of two awesome free phones from top brands like Samsung and LG with huge HD screens and tons of memory for all your pics and videos. So hurry into Metro and get your awesome free phones only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Requires port of eligible number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Limit four per account or household. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions.